Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Explainers, your audio guide to everything you need to know about compelling and complex topics. I'm Lauren Hansen, an editor at The Week, and today I'd like to talk to you about political pioneer Shirley Chisholm. On January 25, 1972, a 48-year-old congressional representative from New York City named Shirley Chisholm made an historic announcement. I stand before you today as a candidate for the Democratic nomination for the presidency of the United States of America. Shirley Chisholm was the first black woman to run for president of a major political party, and her road to the nomination was sure to be steeper and more obstacle-strewn than any other candidate. But Chisholm believed it was past time for someone like her to take up the space on that national stage. I am not the candidate of black America, although I am black and proud. I am not the candidate of the women's movement of this country, although I am a woman, and I'm equally proud of that. In the history of American presidential races, there had been a smattering of female third-party candidates dating as far back as the 1870s. But it wasn't until 1964 that a woman would seek the nomination for one of the two major political parties. It was Republican Senator Margaret Chase Smith from Maine who made that historic run. But Smith was belittled by the media during her campaign, and she received only 27 delegates during the Republican convention, losing the nomination to Senator Barry Goldwater. Eight years later, if Shirley Chisholm believed the country was ready to shed its prejudices, the media showed some resistance. A new hat, uh, rather a bonnet, was tossed into the Democratic presidential race today. But Chisholm was used to paving her way in life and in politics. The oldest of four daughters, Shirley Chisholm spent her childhood in Barbados, raised by her grandparents, before returning to Brooklyn at the age of 10. Chisholm excelled in school, eventually graduating from Brooklyn College with honors. And from the start of her career, she dedicated herself to helping others. Chisholm became a teacher after college while getting her master's degree at night. And later, she put her expertise to work in New York's child welfare program before diving into politics. In 1964, she was elected to the New York State Legislature, and in 1968, she became the first black woman elected to Congress, serving in the House of Representatives. How do you feel being the first black woman, you know, in the House of Representatives? I have mixed feelings. First of all, I'm very glad to have been able to make history in this country by being the first black woman. And boys and girls, as far as I'm concerned, actually, it's overdue, so I don't get terribly excited about it. Being one of just 10 black Congress members, Chisholm felt the burden of being a pioneer. For the first two to three months, I was miserable. The gentleman did not pay me any mind at all. When I would go to the lunchroom, they would not sit at the same table as I did because I was a black woman. But she never deterred. Quite the opposite, in fact. She had run on a slogan of unbought and unbossed, and she really was unafraid of anybody. Because nowadays, if anybody says that they are leaders, they must have the courage and the guts to take a stand and not equivocate and not straddle consistently and persistently. If not, you have no right to leadership. 
In her freshman year, she became a founding member of the Congressional Black Caucus. And when she was assigned to the Agriculture Committee, she demanded to be reassigned, arguing that the work of that committee was irrelevant to her poor urban constituents. Surprisingly enough, nobody had ever done this before in the house. I was a bad child. But you know something? They went back, they had a meeting, and they did give me a committee. Something had a little bit more relevancy to the district because at least I was placed on the Veterans Affairs Committee. More veterans in the district than forests and trees. As a politician, Shirley Chisholm's compassion and dedication really resonated with voters. But the 1972 presidential election was an uphill battle. Her grassroots campaign was so severely underfinanced and poorly organized that her financial backers typed up their own literature. She had to sue her way into televised debates and scramble to get her name onto state ballots. She would appear on only 12. Ultimately, Chisholm struggled to consolidate support from what should have been her two biggest constituencies, women and minorities. At the Democratic National Convention, Chisholm received 152 delegates. The nomination went to George McGovern, who lost to Richard Nixon. But it wasn't all for naught. A staunch advocate for change, Chisholm's presidential run challenged politics as usual. She inspired women and black women to get into politics, ultimately paving the way for Hillary Clinton's historic nomination in 2016. Since Chisholm's time, the number of women in politics has crept up. In 2014, a major milestone was reached when 100 women were elected to Congress for the first time. Here's U.S. Representative Barbara Lee sharing an influential lesson she learned from Congresswoman Chisholm. She said, once you get on the inside, she said, understand that you're there not to play by the rules, but to change the rules. Following the 1972 election, Chisholm returned to Congress where she served seven terms. During her tenure, she founded the National Women's Political Caucus and fought for programs like Head Start, food stamps, and school lunches. After leaving Congress in 1983, she accepted a teaching position at Mount Holyoke College. Later, she moved to Florida, where she died in 2005 at the age of 80. People must have thought, they surely Chisholm really think she could be president. Look, I'm fairly intelligent, and I was smart enough to know that I couldn't be president, but somebody has to be a catalyst for change when you're attempting to bring about change in America. And I've always regarded myself as a catalyst for change. And that does it for this episode of 7-Minute Explainers. Look out for new episodes every Thursday. And for more from this series or any of the week's podcasts, go to theweek.com slash audio. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, tell your friends, or give us a rating or a review on iTunes. I'm Lauren Hansen, and thank you so much for listening.